<laughs> finally, I've made my return from space so I can finally finish off that Joseph Joestar. Finally, humanity will be under my control. All I need to do is find chips and pieces of that stone. Yes, yes, and then create a new mask, and then everything will be perfectly done. But uh, where, where hey. is everyone? Hey, put on your mask. I... My mask? I already wore my mask. I don't need to wear another mask. Come on, man. This is serious, man. It's it's spreading around like like hotcakes, man. Come on, just put on the mask, dude. A, a mask? You mean like that breathing mask Joseph Joe Star wore? No, man. The vent I am not a ham on you. Look, just put on the mask. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave otherwise, please. This new humanity has no dignity. Hey, everybody, welcome back to No Dignity, the JoJo Shoujo that wants to remind you it's not always about the uwu or the ara ara, but sometimes it's the yare yare. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Christian. I, I'm Alejandro Vargas, and oh man, does it feel good to be back. It feels like I, I haven't seen you guys uh, since last year. Yeah, yeah, that's my fault. That was my bad. I'm sorry, everybody. But I did promise that the intro was going to both surprise and disgust Alex. So let's check in. Did it both surprise and disgust you? Yes. It both surprised Perfect. and disgusted me. Uh, incredibly. I don't care how the rest of this episode goes. I've, I've done what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay, so um, it is February 17th. Uh, one recording. The Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe... Uh, OVAs are releasing in the U.S. on Netflix on February 18th. So we thought we'd jump right in and, and deliver some one-two punches to be relevant. Because there's not a whole lot of other JoJo news in the world, so we'll just we'll latch on to what we got. Yeah, and we all know that I'm incredibly irrelevant. So this is new territory for me. But, jeez. <laughs> oh, um, I will put you on blast a little bit because uh, we are talking about the OVAs um, and Alex has, of course, not watched them, but instead read the manga versions, which I feel sort of defeats the purpose. Of I have, about I have the a OVAs. valid excuse. I have a valid excuse. All right. I wanted to uh, appreciate and uh, experience the artwork of Rocky just one more time in a setting that isn't part eight. Can I do that? I mean, that's fine, but, uh, you know, whatever. Inconsequential. So, um, if you're not super familiar with the history of the Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe, um, basically, at some point, uh, Rocky was asked to contribute to a short collection of one-shots. He wasn't sure what he was going to do, or he had an idea and he was going to come up with a character, but then decided at the last second that it would be more fun to just use Rohan as the character. Um, and so every once in a while, he makes one of these as part of other collections. You know, we, we've talked about his weird Gucci collection and um, stuff like that. So these Rohan one-shots are kind of like random stories that he does um, as part of other projects. I think there are six of them. Uh, but there are only four of them that have been animated thus far. Mm. Um, and we're going, to, we're going to just talk about one today we are going to talk about at the confessional. So if you've not read or watched this, uh, this is your one and only spoiler warning because we're going to go deep into it. Yeah. Prepare to get spoiled by me. I care about you. Are we talking about like shows? Um, so like, <laughs> let's start at the top of this thing, I guess. Um, what I... We start off, um, what I like about these is that they, they're sort of a, the framing device is that Rohan is always at the cafe telling somebody a story, which off the bat, I think is an interesting narrative device because we know we can't ever really trust anything Rohan is telling us. <laughs> so there's a very real possibility that none of this ever happened. Um, and so sort of the questions of, well, how does this work in a sand universe? It, it could just be that Rohan just made this up. Um, <laughs> in particular, when he's hanging out with like, you know, 
Okuyasu, whom he does not have a ton of respect for, and it's like, I'm just going to mess with this guy for a little <laughs> bit and tell him a ghost story. Um, but um, this one, I think it's a little bit less possible to me that he's lying because he's talking to Koichi. Um, <laughs> this seems to be at the time right after Josuke has destroyed his house um, and Rohan is trying to find a place to crash. In the meantime, yes, currently he's crashing at Koichi's place, which I I, yeah, so, I can't think of any other way for his of his mom like approving that other than Rohan using Heaven's Door. Quite honestly, yeah, uh, I wonder how Yukako took that <laughs> in the never-ending competition for Koichi's attention and affection. I can't imagine it went very well, but in any case, so Rohan is um, hanging out with Koichi at the cafe. And um, he tells him that he heard this story um, at a confessional in Italy. So what I think is already interesting is now we have two layers of possible unreliable narrators. Because not only is Rohan telling Koichi a story, Rohan is telling a story that was told to him. Does this also mean that Rohan joined Koichi uh, when he went to Italy? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't even I was, thought I was that. thinking, like, you know, what if Koichi was just there first? Or what if he came second, right? And Rohan went first, but of course he had to indulge himself in the architecture and the art before he uh, did any of the important work. Yeah, possible. Um, I mean, we know that. Well, I well, I'm gonna save this for later because I have I have interesting thoughts about Rohan in general that I want to convey. But so, um, the story goes: Rohan is in Italy, and he wants to check out the fancy architecture. He accidentally walks into the priest side of a confessional booth. Someone else walks in and starts telling him this story. And of course, Rohan, being Rohan, does not interrupt and be like, yo, dude, I'm not actually a priest. He's just like, yeah, tell me your secrets. Tell me your deep, dark secrets. <laughs> um, and it's a ghost story. And what I think is kind of interesting is that um, all of these sort of have a horror element to them. Um, certainly the one with the blood and this one have definitely have horror elements. Millionaire Village, less so. The Run, maybe even less so. Um, but um, they're definitely a lot creepier and scarier than um, mainline JoJo stories. Yeah. And I think it's it's sort of like Araki's excuse to sort of stretch his legs in that direction. So, <laughs> If you thought JoJo was already supernatural, these get somehow supernatural-er, you know? Right. Um, so the guy, the guy tells the story that he, um, he was working, right? He's working at a grain factory or a grain, granary of some sort. And, uh, this old beat up looking homeless dude walks up and is asking for a handout. And, uh, cruelly the guy says like, yeah, I'll give you something if, uh, you do some of this work for me. And then the guy dies. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he cannot carry that. Um, uh, he could not carry that bag of uh, grain slash corn. Who would have known that a starving man would have a difficult time picking things up? Yeah, I, I mean it is. It is definitely the man in question is definitely cruel. Um, and although he seems to um, regret this decision during the confessional, I mean he's he's not. Um, he's not a good person but anyway um the guy dies uh, being crushed to death under the weight of his corn and he, he's like twisted back in this very perverse creepy way and then the ghost of the beggar like shows up and he's like i'm gonna get my revenge and i'm gonna kill you or, or come back to you on the happiest day of your life um and then uh this dude's life gets to be awesome yeah no he like gets rich <laughs> like, it, he marries a supermodel uh just all of this, like, random good luck that starts happening to him, you know? He buys mansions, and he has drivers and butlers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, so we've got this whole this whole situation, and the guy's, like, living life, and he's got a cute little daughter, and then all of a sudden, like, the ghost shows up, um, possesses his daughter, and he goes that... He, he tells him that basically he's the one that's been making his life good, so that he can make the downfall all that much more better uh, when it's time to do it. So then he's, he does... <laughs> he, 
in class. So, so up to this point, the story is not that weird. I mean, it's a ghost story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where I think it turns into where Araki shows his typical genius. Um, he says that the competition is that he's going to throw these pieces of popcorn into the air, and if he can catch them into his mouth... Three times um, in a row. Three times, then he is fine. He will live. But if he fails, then the dude's going to cut off his head. <laughs> yeah, I... So, of course... Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you left out a very important detail. He doesn't just possess this guy's daughter. He possesses her tongue. Like, oh, it's yeah, a tongue with, like, a yeah. face on it and, like, arms, right? <laughs> and not only that, she, he, it, the ghost makes his daughter, like, punch the, the butler that's with them, like, in, like, some kind of kung fu move. Like, she's not even looking at him, right? I'm just saying. Yeah, I think it's sort of a prototype to um, uh, Talking Head. I mean, but that would have been out by this point, right? I don't think so. Because I'm looking at it right now, and it says that this story was released in 1997. That's... Because I know that... That's, like, right before, I think, Because right? I, I know Golden Wind started publication sometime in the late 90s. I'm trying to remember what year it was, right? Because, like, I don't know. It seems a bit coincidental for, like, talking heads to be the... <laughs> the sequel to that and not that be like uh some kind of version of talking heads oh okay well the first issue of golden wind was 95 mm. so this is so so this this could have been after talking it's heads. if it could have been after or maybe around the same time Who i knows? have an interesting little i mean oh go ahead I was going to say, we you could probably, we could figure this out, but I don't really want to do the uh, I have an interesting little headcanon going on right now, but continue. Okay. Um, so, uh, this this guy um, is very intense popcorn throwing scene, um, which I think Iraqi does really well. Like, he's, you know, like Rohan and Josuke with the dice, and, um, yeah, what's, what's another good example of this? The... Uh, Actually, a lot of Part 4 has, you know, the John Ken. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, John Ken kid. Um, what's another biting scene uh, in Part 4? Uh, Lu- oh, uh, I was going to say Luigi. Uh, <laughs> uh, Koichi uh, choosing. Uh, Koichi having to remember his English uh, so he doesn't have to eat, like, encyclopedia pages stapled onto, like, asparagus. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I mean, even going back to part three, like the intensity of like the, um, the gambling scenes with Joe Toro, the video game scenes, uh, with Kakuane, it, it, like, uh, Araki does this really well where he takes something very mundane and makes it life or death. Um, and I think what's good about it is that it's very grounding. Like when I was watching it, I was thinking about like, could I do this? Cause it's not an impossible challenge, right? Like, yeah. I can throw popcorn in the air and try to catch it. But like the idea of having to do it for my life uh, is pretty intense. And I don't know if I would be able to do it. And I think the, the ability to visualize it as something that could actually happen to you makes it scarier to me anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's like part of the genius of it, right? Is that it kind of gets you to think like, would I be able to do that? Would I be able to uh, fling popcorn into my mouth? Uh, for my life quick answers no but the short answers i like to think about it (laughs) uh so anyway um the guy manages to pull it twice um but the last time the uh the fire like the popcorn gets lit on fire (laughs) it's so he can it's so Um, the the pigeons won't come after it because they tried going after the second piece right right it's pretty it's pretty genius but then the sun comes out and the guy can't see it, and it lands on his shirt, and the beggar cuts off his head immediately. Um, of course, Rohan's like, but I'm talking to you, so I don't know how this is possible. And of course, uh, the guy reveals that, um, that that wasn't him, that he paid his servant to get a bunch of plastic surgery and um, basically take his place and do the fighting and doing all that, and he, he now has two ghosts chasing after him. Uh, because of the the horrible things he has done. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. And Rohan's like, wow, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. <laughs> that's deep, man. That's pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then happy into the story. Uh just the <laughs> just <laughs> just his worker died. Or like yeah, no, he died. He's got like the ghosts like crawling after him. Yeah, he's got two ghosts going after him now and it's um and Rohan of course is just like, Wow, that was a great story. I'm gonna use that in my manga writing or something like that and then it cuts back to like Okuyasu's like, What's going on here guys? Um, I don't really ever remember those endpoints. I just remember infuriatingly they never showed Josuke's face um in those cafe scenes. That, that was a later he's one. He's there. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if in, in, the, in the OVAs they did it differently, but I've seen him. He's in a couple of times. He's he's at the table. Yeah. But they don't show his face. And he never says anything. It's like, no, Josuke, I need more. You barely Come see back. Koichi. You see Okuyasu for like two frames, right? And then Josuke just so conveniently has his face towards the, <laughs> has his face, you know, away from the camera, right? Like yeah. a guest appearance on like a TV show. Well, and there's, show. there's even, yeah, I mean, there's one scene where Okuyasu actually says something to Rohan, because Rohan talks about how stupid he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's actually, even Yukako makes an appearance. Like, it's, it's just sort of like really interesting on that end of it because it just shows the continuity of morio like yep we're still here we're just living our morio life they're just chilling um so anyway a couple things about the ova that i liked um you know in general the ovas are are done in the uh, part five animation and art style um of course famously some of the ova interpretations of like koichi and Okuyasu are uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> in, in layman's terms. Yeah, I mean, it's just, especially the couple of Koichi, it's like deformed. The eyes are too big. Um, the irises are even bigger. It's it's a very strange decision. Um, considering that Rohan, for the most part, is drawn and animated pretty accurately all the time. <laughs> um, why Koichi was so bad? I suppose probably because it's not the main aspect of what's going on so they probably did them last um whatever uh so the animation style is very much in that part five style what i find interesting again from a sound nerd perspective is that um everything in the other episodes it's all part four music for the most part um but because they're in italy they use part five music Ooh. yeah i was you know, and I noticed that. I was, uh, that's 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 amazing. It doesn't really fit in with the soundtrack I had in my head though, uh, because for some reason uh, I was thinking of the song "Voodoo Child." <laughs> that's just my that's just my two cents. Interesting that you would think of that song for this and not the one with the blood. I know, right? Because that would be way more fitting. But, any case, um, so I think that that was kind of interesting from a sound nerd perspective. Um, overall, I think this story is okay. Um, it's not my favorite of the Rohan ones, partly because Rohan has nothing to do in it. <laughs> like he's there and he listens to the story and then he shrugs and walks off. Um, I don't know. What what are your what are your just thoughts and feelings of it? All right. Well, I, first off, I really like Rohan's spooky stories for the kids. You know. Um. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a really interesting way to use his character uh, because his stand isn't exactly you know like fighting material at least like what we see it like do like one stand rush right um, yeah and you know storytelling is his whole thing um, so I think it's a good use for Rohan um, and the stories I think it's a really good way for uh, Araki to create like urban myths right uh, because, like, that's what it seemed like, you know, this whole time when I was reading through them, right? It was just, like, a series of, like, urban myths he had kind of uh, created, right? You know, doesn't it sound like a story that you'd hear sure. at, like a, like, a playground or something like that if you're a kid, right? Like, oh, this rich guy, he had to flip popcorn in his mouth three times or else he was going to die. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, I, I kind of got that vibe from it, right? It felt cool. It felt like I wasn't reading, like, JoJo uh, for a second. And, uh contrary to how it would be in other times that's not a bad thing um <laughs> yeah no i i thought it was interesting yeah yeah he likes to play in that horror space so like like in gentleman's q 
Um, you know, it's again like ghosts and the supernatural and, and that sort of stuff. He likes to play in that horror space when he's not doing mainline JoJo. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good space for him. And I correct me if I'm wrong. Like he hasn't made like a straight horror manga yet, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, because I um. Like, everything, like, about, you know, that, like, Rohan story right there kind of reminds me of earlier JoJo, where it just kind of seemed like whatever could pop up. Yeah, I mean, he does like to mess around with the supernatural um, in that stuff. You know, we're talking vampires and Aztec gods and whatever. And, um, you know, on a more general note, I think what's interesting is that Araki plays with both Western and Eastern kind of ghost story conventions. Um, you know, when we get to talking about Millionaire Village and the Blood one, um, those were definitely much more like Japanese influenced. <laughs> Whereas this one, I mean, it, it it having sort of a Christian vibe to it, especially being in a confessional, being in Italy, and then the run uh is literally engaging with a Greek god. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, it, it's interesting. He he's he gets to play around with concepts and horror stories and and myth making on both both ends of the spectrum. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think my I think my biggest problem with this story is that Rohan doesn't really do anything. Uh, he's just the vehicle to tell the story. Um, and as you say, Heaven's Door is a very unique stand in its ability. It's seemingly invincible and also very weak at the same time. Um, it's really only limited by Rohan's choices, I guess, um, and his, his viewpoint and perspective. Yeah. So th- th- it's watching that restraint that makes the other three OVAs interesting. Whereas in this one, um, he doesn't have to do anything. And so therefore, like, we don't get to see whether or not, although I, I suppose the fact that he didn't do anything for this, um, man, is pretty indicative because I guess he could have written like the ghosts will not follow him. Yeah. Right? Like he could have solved this problem and didn't. So that's kind of, that's a thing. I mean, is it really, <laughs> is it really like Rohan to solve problems? They doesn't like absolutely have to. No. Cause I think as he has, he himself says multiple times, he's an observer, you know, um, of, of truth and reality. And he, his job is to convey that as a manga, not to, um, interfere and make his own story yeah exactly rohan is he's the cameraman for our story right here he's the narrator uh he quite possibly um uh heard a confession about this guy uh killing his uh subordinate um after murdering a different man years before but you know it's not his call to call the police oh that's true i didn't think about that angle yeah like he he heard this guy say like yeah i murdered two people and i'm currently getting away with it (laughs) to to be fair it's not like uh i mean who would believe him yeah i mean look if i saw rohan you know trying to tell me anything my first assumption is that he's lying right (laughs) just because he just doesn't (laughs) seem like the kind of guy to trust um but I, i have an interesting little headcanon for um uh, at the cathedral uh no at the confessional okay. yeah so i i want to bring it back to um uh, how that ghost possessed his daughter's tongue right and how this um mm-hmm. and how this this guy you know just so conveniently right he you know gets plastic surgery has someone else get plastic surgery to look like him right and to take his place at any time he's rich uh in italy i'm not trying to uh say that all rich people in italy are mob associated but i'm saying that this guy quite possibly could have been right passion well because not passion what la squadra right and my proposal is that he had a run-in uh with the um uh, with the mafia uh in the jojo verse so you know stands uh and that guy in the beginning that uh that asked him for food uh and whom he killed um, was possibly part of that, right? Um, so essentially, he had to kind of hide himself um, from La Squadra, right? And he was actually encountering talking heads there, hmm. right? Uh, I guess my only explanation I for the... I can see it. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I was, I was saying I, I could see that. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, my only explanation for like the decapitation would be that um uh, would be that the clash was like in his sweat or something like that. Um, <laughs> right, like on the sweat of his neck or something. Because it is a stressful situation. Oh, actually, no. It could have been the oil he mm. had on his hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have. With the piece of popcorn pie. This is quite literally something I came up with like in the past like like ten minutes. Don't don't take it too seriously for me. <laughs> I've been out of this game for too long. <laughs> no, I mean that that's it is interesting. I mean, of course, Araki loves Venice, and so anytime he gets a chance to use it, apparently, um, you know, he's going to probably just an excuse to draw it. Um, <laughs> but it is, you know, convenient that of all the other cities he could have picked. I mean, it uh, part five does happen a lot in Venice, and there's a lot of other cities in Italy he could have chosen. So. You know, it's not completely out of the question. Um, I mean, what do we think about ghosts in the JoJo verse in general? I mean, it, it, uh, so Raimi proves there are ghosts. Yeah. Um, and Raimi also proves that ghosts can interact with people physically. I guess. More or less. I mean, Rohan was able to touch her. Yeah. And use yeah, a stand on her. That's true. You can use stands on ghosts. Let's not forget. You can use stands on ghosts. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's plausible this story happened in the JoJo universe. I mean, it's uh, ghosts are real. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's something haunting to the fact that even death can't save you from Rohan saying, and you peed your pants, and it works. <laughs> there's something just utterly terrifying uh, in the fact that Rohan can uh, quite literally be the bridge between life and death (laughs) and out of all men to have that power (laughs) uh, i think iraqis brought us the greatest horror of all and it being rohan Uh, (laughs) well i have something to say about rohan actually but before we do i um i say we rank these um not like in best to worst but like we'll give it a s a b c d f ranking um just i've I've just i've personally have just gotten into ranking things lately mm. um just in my own personal life i think that ranking things has been useful for me to like keep track of all the stuff i've consumed and <laughs> just gets me to think of um things in a slightly different way uh i i'm enjoying it so i want to add that to this so we're gonna do it all right or, or i'm gonna do okay. it you don't have to do it i'll do it well, who cares all right stop thinking i can't okay so uh, <laughs> uh, thus spoke Kishibe Rohan, episode sixteen. Oh, by the way, we never even talked about that. For, these numbers are like all over the place. Yeah, I got I got worried because um, it started at number sixteen, and it was like, "Where's the first 15? Yeah, it's a very oh, sorry. It's a very odd and intentional choice by Iraqi to just start randomly numbering them as if maybe we're missing the rest. Um. <laughs> You know that Rohan is having all sorts of crazy adventures, and we're not getting to see them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or at we, least we're not seeing them in order. We don't see half the stuff he tells Koichi to explain why Koichi has to let him borrow his bed. Yeah, that's that's also true. We know that there could be something behind that. But in any case, um, so I'm going to give this particular one a, a B minus. Um, I think the story is good. It's very interesting. The art is good. The use of the music is good. I just think Rohan wasn't really involved. Uh, story is pretty straightforward. Although I do love the popcorn uh, angle thing. So I'm going to B minus. I mean, for me, uh, I thought it was a it was a nice breather, a little refresher. Um, <laughs> it was equally JoJo, but equally not at the same time. Um, but at the same. <sighs> You know, on that note, I guess it, it also wasn't my favorite. So, I think I I think I'm okay putting it at like a B. All right. So the official no dignity rating of uh, at a confessional for Kishibe Rohan is um, B, B average. Not bad, Rohan. You can do better though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I do want to talk about Rohan uh, by himself for a second here. So, um. You know what do we know about Rohan? He he's sort of the self-insert character to some degree, for Rocky, um, being the manga artist, being obsessed with 
um, accuracy and learning stories and learning life and and all that stuff. Um, but I think uh, I think he's not as crazy as we think he is. I mean, okay, yes, like ripping people's pages out of their heads so you can use them as information is a little little out there, as is stabbing and licking a spider. Um, <laughs> but. So the other day, or that was a while ago now, I think it was about a month ago, I was watching a clip on YouTube um, from a old Miyazaki documentary. Um, now, Miyazaki documentary clips are bouncing all over the place right now because there's like a new one and then like a relatively recent one and they're both on HBO Max and so people have been sort of talking about it and Miyazaki recently came out of retirement for like the sixth time, I think. <laughs> It's always going back in and out with that, man. I think it's uh, I think there's a pretty easy explanation. He gets tired when he's done with a movie and says, I can't do this anymore. And then he rests for a while and he gets bored. And then he's like, wait, I could do one more. Um, mm-hmm. But in any case, um, so I, I always find uh, documentaries about creators and artists very interesting. Um, and I'm watching this one from this older one where they're talking about Studio Ghibli and all this stuff. And it's, I know it's older because they're showing exclusive behind-the-scenes uh, shots of them making Spirited Way. Oh. <laughs> which is pretty old by now. Um, what was that, 99, 2000, something like that? All I remember was catching it on Toonami when Toonami was a thing. And even then it was old. Yeah. So, I mean, Spirited Away, great movie. Love it. Probably top five, maybe top three uh, Miyazaki movies for me. Uh, but... They're talking about um, the scene where um, Haru, no, not Haru, is it Haru? Haku, Haku, that's right. Haku, the dragon, um, comes crashing through after he's fought off all those uh, bat things, right? Um, and he crashes into the bathhouse and lands right at the um, in front of Chihiro, and he's bleeding and all that stuff. Right? Remember that scene? Yes, I do. Sort of, kind of. Okay. So um, they're talking about this scene in in the the view, uh, like they're talking about this, like the how they're gonna animate this thing. And Miyazaki is standing there, and he's like, "Okay, so um, when he falls, it should fall just straight down." And if you watch the scene, this is exactly how they animate it, like just straight down, like a lump. He's like, "Have you ever seen a snake fall out of a tree?" Uh, luckily, no. <laughs> So, so he's asking like one of the younger, newer animators, like, "Yeah, you, you know, have you ever seen a snake fall out of a tree?" And he's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> <laughs> so Miyazaki looks all around. He's like, "None of you have seen a snake fall out of a tree?" <laughs> and he's like, and then everyone's just kind of staring at him, like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah." So when a snake falls out of a tree, it doesn't squirm. It just kind of it's it's in its same position. It just falls straight down like a lump. And then Miyazaki, you can see Miyazaki's just like, oh, I can't believe the younger generation has never seen a snake fall out of a tree. Um, and then he takes them to the zoo <laughs> so they can watch <laughs> snakes fall out of trees. I thought he would. I thought he'd go in the exhibit himself and throw the snakes to demonstrate. No, but uh, it's. I, I think Miyazaki um, talks about like you know you need to be connected to life in order to really present art and this is like one of his examples was like how can you draw a dragon that's shaped like a snake falling if you've never seen a snake fall out of a tree <laughs> um and he's right like that animation sequence of that dragon falling straight down is really memorable in fact before i saw this scene when he started talking about the scene i was like oh yeah i actually could very vividly picture that scene and I didn't understand why I could picture it, but now I do. Is because he, they drew it like a snake falling out of a tree. Um, Smash cut that to another more recent Miyazaki uh, documentary clip, which is the one I sent you, like, I don't know, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, about these guys who uh, showed up to Miyazaki's place with this AI-generated um, animation. Oh, yeah. That and, was... he's, and they're like, look using computers and algorithms and artificial intelligence, we have uh, created these horrifying uh, grotesque monsters, uh, like these humans that are like where the heads are in the wrong place or whatever and they're crawling and writhing all around. Um, 
And it's impressive, but it's it's also very spooky and very horror game-ish and stuff like that. And Miyazaki uh, is not into it at all. He's not having um, it. He says, <laughs> he says it is an offense to life itself. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the look on these guys' faces is so hard. They're just like, ah, ah. And, they, and Miyazaki's like, why did you make this? Why did you make this? And they're like, so we can make a computer draw like a human? <laughs> so He's telling the probably the greatest animator in the world, like, I'm trying to figure out how to replace you with a machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what they were doing, right? And he, he like, calls them out yeah. on it, right? He's all like, the younger generation has lost faith in themselves, and they've lost faith in artistry. Yeah, well, and and I think the, his exact line that it cuts to with it's just Miyazaki drawing is like, "I worry we're in the end times. I'm afraid that humans no longer have faith in themselves," um, which I think is is really a touching sentiment, even though he's kind of a grumpy old man about it. But I think it really encapsulates Rohan and you know, therefore Araki's viewpoint on art and and the ability to observe human beings and, and things like that i mean i think we've we've talked about his book yeah um and we've talked about how <laughs> as racist as it is how th- his personal nervousness in traveling to egypt like kind of informed how he created part three even though it's, it's xenophobic but it's at least it's truth you know mm-hmm. um and rohan is like you know like, iraqi's trying to tell us that artists um, to be a good artist, you have to observe life and and to be a, not always interfere with what's going on, but just to take it in and then and then use it and convey your stories and your beliefs through it. Um, and Rohan shows incredible restraint with his power. I mean, we always laugh at you know every ten seconds him him using Heaven's Door to write that you can't attack me, um, but that's considering what he could make them do. That's still an incredible amount of restraint. It's it's like it's impressive. Yeah, and and it's like you know he just all he wants to do is observe and and do his art and and do what he wants to do. He just doesn't want to get hurt <laughs> at the same time. Um, so I I have decided that I I previous thoughts about Rohan I have changed my mind about him. I think he has a, a lot of wisdom if you can get packed past his sort of weird weirdness mm. um and i think the the lessons he demonstrates in being an artist of observing life could be useful i i understand i understand or better yet i i have i have a better conclusion of this are you prepared to hear it yes i'm ready this story you know uh with the beggar and the flaming popcorn and everything was all an elaborate ruse to make sure Koichi gives him the other half of his sandwich. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, Rohan's a, a natural-born storyteller, right? He's got to flex them, you know, um, literary muscles, right? Um, he's, he's a hungry man. He's homeless right now, right? Not to mention he's in debt. He's broke, right? Uh, get into this later. But he buys like multiple properties, uh, not for investment. <laughs> he buys them so that a a spirit won't leave a, a mountain range, right? So he's a hungry man, right? And there we go, Koichi. He he's got his perfect sandwich there, right? Sliced right down the middle, perfect for sharing. What's Rohan supposed to do? Uh, you know, use heaven's door on him. On a better day, he would have, right? <laughs> but you know he's gotta he's gotta convince him right he's already on like a weird foot with koichi because he's living in his house and he used heaven's door on him uh to you know take advantage of koichi's memories and personality beforehand so obviously all of this was so he can get it you know the second half of his sandwich well if that were the case then rohan you have no dignity leave, leave this poor child alone Rohan with the no dignity. I have no dignity. We haven't recorded in a while. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, uh, be sure to give us your Rohan uh, takes, theories, and such. 
Um, you know, was he really trying to get some of that sandwich? Was it popcorn instead? Hmm? We'll never know. Yeah, and what do you think about the uh, the Rohan stories in general? Um, fun or waste of time? Let, let, you know, let us know. As long as it gets us more JoJo and or JoJo-related content. Please, I am starved of it. <laughs> I just need the part six anime already. I just need it. Uh, part six, eight, eight, part six anime. It's not even my favorite. I just, <laughs> I just need it. Speaking of part six anime, we read some news on that recently, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, and how that's currently not on the docket, and that we should uh, make sure that our voices are heard. That yes, we do want part six of the anime. I don't. I mean, how much can we trust that? I don't really know. I, I, I see no reason for them to lie to us, right? Well, keep expectations low. What, they're going to make it on like a shoestring budget this time? Well, I, I think the issue is sort of like the same as the part five, right? Like <clears throat> it was literally like two and a half years or something bef- between part four and then part five being announced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they're saying like, oh, yeah, well, we don't know. It's not it's not on the docket. It, it may just be, be corporate speak for chill out because we've still got a lot of work to do on it. I, I guess so. But I mean, there are the the copyright concerns are pretty big. <laughs> Aren't they always pretty big with JoJo? I mean, there's a little difference between saying a, a singer's name and actually using Mickey Mouse and Spider Man. You know, I it's it's the one moment uh, where I think to myself, maybe they can just pull a Promise Neverland and cut like a good chunk of the story. It's not true to JoJo. But if it gets it animated, yeah, I would just they should just change it to like Arachno Man and <laughs> Mickey Moose, Arachnid Man and uh, <laughs> Ricky Rat, <laughs> Ricky Rat. <laughs> right. Well, hey, um, I I believe uh, Steamboat Willie goes into public domain in like the next forty five years. So we just gotta wait. 45 years for Stone Ocean anime. You hear that, guys? No, four, four to five years, not 45. Oh, oh okay. So I might be alive by the time it comes yeah. out. Yeah, maybe. 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 So, I mean, I don't know. It's And then I think, you know, the, the other part, which we've heard before, is like, how are they going to animate all them horses? <laughs> I, I... Um, I still vote... I still vote to just make it speeder bikes and just make it part seven cyberpunk <laughs> um, or heck even motorcycles. I remember reading an article. I'll take motorcycles um, uh, that said that they don't want to use CG for the horses because it wouldn't fit with the style that they've uh, created thus far. Right. So if we are getting part seven, I think there's a good chance it's not going to be CG horses, uh, but also, you know, budget stuff. Um, I wouldn't blame them if they use CG horses. I wouldn't uh, see ill of them. I just have to turn my head uh, every minute and a half. What? I don't see what the issue with that is. I think CG anime is fine in general. I mean, I do too, but I'm trying to hop on the bandwagon. (laughs) No, we don't need to hop on the bandwagon. Screw those guys. I I think like, oh, I'm drawing better. I, I don't see it necessarily. Um... Like, I finally just finished watching uh, the second season of High Score Girl, and that was computer animated, and that worked fine. Like, I don't, I wasn't like, oh, oh, gee, this is, like, so computer animated. Like, it looked fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, I thought, I mean, you, I'm, I'm the one who introduced you to High Score Girl, right? Yeah, right. so, you already know what I feel about that. I feel like it's great. I feel like JoJo can utilize it uh, to great effect. Um, they have a very talented team over there, David Animations, uh, David Productions, my bad. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. Well, I mean, and we've seen the CG versions of stuff already in the first, like, three OPs, right? Uh, that looked pretty good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, I think people need to chill. I mean, horses are hard to draw, apparently. Um, I, you know, Araki was riding the high of his golden ratio studies for <laughs> part seven. He was like, Mass, he's like, I can draw horses because it's just more golden ratio. And... <laughs> <laughs> you fool. It's just more circles. More circles, more divisions. 
more of the Fibonacci sequence. And, you know, he's rising into the air as numbers are flowing out of his eyes. Uh, Just... <laughs> I got to I got to like frightening, truly. Frightening. I got to expend mental energy to remember what seven plus five is. And then he's over here as like the Fibonacci spiral, like ingrained <laughs> in his mind as he's drawing everything. <sighs> but I guess that's just who he is. Man, oh man. Do we... All this memeing around about Iraqi makes me want to see some memes. Meme of the week memes, that is. You better go first, because I honestly, I have not... I haven't really found any that I've liked in a no while. dignity. And I know that's sad. That's very sad, but I have not enjoyed a good... Um, I've not really enjoyed a good meme except for the one about the diamond, which I might end up be using that one <laughs> if I can't find another one. I'm just kind of scrolling right now because I really haven't found one I've liked in a bit. Mm. Sad, sad. I found one whilst we're recording this, actually. Uh, so it goes to show you that I am the more uh resourceful uh JoJo fan. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> there's this online thing called the face beauty analysis test right it's like an ai that'll like scan an image of a face and it'll give you a i guess a, a rundown on um uh, how attractive it is right and so someone took ova koichi mm-hmm. big cheeked big pupil boy right um <laughs> and the <laughs> this was posted uh to ship post crusaders by uh you slash gay pushin Right, and the results of this test uh, is that Kuichi has good face symmetry, a normal face size, average forehead, good interocular distance, good nose for face, wide mouth, and a small chin. His beauty score ninety six point six. Wow! So I can say objectively now so that Koichi even gross is Koichi is uh, like... at least a nine point, uh, at least a ninety five out of a hundred on the uh, attractiveness scale. Hmm. Hmm. Koichi, everybody loves Koichi. Continues. Even even the algorithm loves it. Even machines love Koichi. It's it's beyond human at this point. It's scary, honestly. You got nothing, or are you gonna use the the diamond one? Okay, I found this one. I I like it, but I'm not sure how to. I'm gonna try to explain it. Okay, so it's Shitpost Crusaders user uh, Fear Gun Plus. So F I R G U N P L S. Uh, the post is called This Works Too Well. It is a TikTok, apparently, um, of him mashing up. Uh, so it's Morio Cho Radio. Morio Cho Radio. And then it goes into um, the Weave sports song. <laughs> do, 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 do. And it's like, <laughs> he's got the announcer talking over it and everything. I'm like, wow, it sounds really good, actually. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, as a sound nerd, I will I will give you that one. This also reminds me. I do want to bring up um, a YouTube um, composer slash remixer that did a really great version of um, Stardust Crusaders theme. I just have to find it real quick. I'm pretty sure I remember his name. Go ahead. And um, I will we'll put it in into the show here in a second. Oh, oh no, this is even better. <gasps> Breaking news, literally released today. He did a cover of Josuke's <sighs> My favorite song. Okay, well, I'll put this in the chat for you. Hold on, hold on. Hold All on. Right. No dignity fans. This is break this is literally breaking right now. I am literally listening to this. As you are me the news listening as it comes out. To me. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Samuel Kim music? Yeah, Samuel Kim music. So I actually found him because he does really great. Oh, this is so good. Um, he does really good um, covers and remixes of like video games, Attack on Titan. Um, he did a couple other JoJo's. He does a lot of Star Wars that are really, really good. Um, both like orchestral and epic. And he also does like lo-fi remixes. So YouTube, Samuel Kim Music, it's really good. Uh, and he played guitar on all of these you hear that you hear that uh, listeners uh go bombard his stuff go ahead give it a listen 
Sorry, I'm just listening to us. I don't know why I'm so tired, listeners. I literally do nothing all day. You see. So this says it has, um, it features Giorno and Jotaro's theme, so I'm trying to find that part of it. You see, he's impressed now. I'm waiting until I come out with my bass, my all bass cover of every JoJo song ever. It's nothing but bass. Every single element of the song is nothing but bass. Yes, your speakers will blow out. Oh, yeah. See, it's that's good. Mm, 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 mm. Huh. Yeah, because, uh, again, I'm going to go sound nerd on you. I don't, I'm, I don't care. The the bass lines between both Josuke and and Jotaro's theme are really interchangeable, right? Like they they blend into each other perfectly, and I have always been sort of disappointed that remixers and cover like musicians don't take advantage of that. Um, so I'm glad this this man has done so because. Uh, he he heard it and he used it. So thank you, uh, Samuel Kim Music, for doing that. This is a good one. I love this. So uh, yeah, the, check out his music. Sorry, I've, I'm just went all crazy nerd out on on everybody. I uh, don't worry, we're all nerds here. Uh, but if you want to go nerd out, you could play us out. Okay, so um, you know, if you want more of us and more of what we're doing, we are on Twitter at No Dignity Pod, uh, Instagram No Underscore Dignity Underscore Podcast, uh, Patreon.com slash No Dignity Podcast. It is indeed No Dignity Podcast. Yeah, so if you want to uh, throw a couple bucks our direction to help keep us uh, going on, even though I know it was my fault, we we didn't we didn't uh, record. For a while but we're back on the, we're back on our game um <laughs> my stuff is uh at ing daydreams on twitter you can find my books that i wrote uh my other podcast you can go check out my persona 5 persona 4 fanfic which i'm still updating it's now at one hundred and seventy thousand words um i know <laughs> i got a problem i barely started playing persona everybody uh but I, as soon as I understand everything, I'll be sure to give it a read. Yeah. Well, also, I think once you're done Persona Five, we're gonna have to redo our Persona episode. <laughs> I think I think that's in order. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at a squid TV uh, and a squid V, respectively. Um, Twitter, uh, you can find me at the third. Or at um, uh, <laughs> a squid, a squid V. I like using that a lot. Thinking about rebranding, who knows? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't got too much going on in the uh, in projects that I can announce right here, right now. Um, but you know, I still appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Man, did you know that Rohan uh, has no manners? No manners and no dignity. Oh, he said it. So sorry for being gone. Bum, 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 butter, bum, 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 butter. To be continued. Hey, you're supposed to say that beforehand, not afterwards. Oh, no, now the episode's ending.